Dogs are not our whole life, but they make our lives whole. That was said by photographer Roger Karras. Maybe you are or aren't a dog person. I'm a dog person. We have two pups at home, Tater, who is a Pitbull cattle dog mix, and Audrey Hepburn, who is a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. I will let y'all figure out which dog was my husband's when we got married. But in any event, we, we love our dogs. Whether or not you're a dog person, there's pretty much no denying that dogs hold a special place in our life and in society. I remember when I was in high school, I got really sick and spent a few weeks in the hospital. The best day of the week was when the therapy dog came by. I never wanted those moments to end. Dogs can bring so much to a family, to a person, to a community. They protect, they nurture, they cuddle, they play, they heal. They are a gift. My guest today had a passion for helping dogs and humans and found a way to have an impact on both. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Marshall Morris, co-founder of iHeartDogs.com, the leading profit-for-purpose pet goods manufacturer and e-commerce retailer that supports animal shelters and rescue organizations across the nation. But before we dive in, I just want to mention our sponsor of the show, and that is Cultivate What Matters. With an ever-growing list of to-dos, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed and dispassionate by the tasks on your plate and disappointed that you're not spending enough time doing the things you love and caring for the people you love. The ladies at Cultivate What Matters want to press the reset button. They believe your time can be spent intentionally and that your to-do lists can be simplified by uncovering meaningful goals and taking action on them little by little. In doing this, we learn to celebrate progress, not perfection. Cultivate What Matters was created to give you the community, resources, and encouragement to realize that you can make great things, big or small, happen. You can find out more at stillbeingmolly.com slash cultivate, or you can go back to episode 37 of the podcast to hear my interview with my sweet friend, Laura Casey, who is the founder of Cultivate What Matters. All right, now without further ado on to my conversation with Marshall. Hey, Marshall. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I am pumped to have you on. Uh, So this will be your episode is episode 119. And in 119 episodes, I am sad to say, well, maybe excited to say, I don't know. It depends on how how we want to view this. I, I think... You are the first company where we're talking about a a business with purpose, but just, I mean, I, I'm excited to hear your story, but really what you do is benefiting dogs. And like, I don't think I've had like any animal people on here yet. And I'm a little embarrassed to say that considering I have two dogs of my own at home and I'm a huge dog person. And I'm like, why haven't I had any dog people on? <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. It, you know, it's, it's deep in that, which is great. Like, yeah. Uh, Pets matter because people matter. Yeah. And so, like, there's a the really cool thing is, like, we're doing that for animals. But actually, at the end of the day, there's human world impact. And we also do other stuff. Yeah. Uh, just for people as well. But, yeah, we love this world and we love giving back. So Yeah. I Well, I'm fun. so Thank excited you. just to hear all of all of the entire story. So we're going to kick it off and have you give us the Marshall 101. Yeah. So tell us your story and how, you know, where you got, where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. And I love the... Uh, business purpose because that's kind of my journey um so um after and this i'll give you guys that this will be like the quick 10,000 foot view so um 
you know, after high school, uh, my pa- I, my parent, I came from a family that was uh, that grew up in the church. So my dad's a pastor, and my grandfather's a pastor, and it just kind of goes, goes, goes. And they're servant-minded people, so I kind of grew up with a heart for to serve people. Um, but uh, I, and, but I also saw both sides of it, where they were. I think my family a lot of times would maybe overserve a little bit, you know. Mm. And and then um, I was just wired for business from day one. Like from day one, I was selling. I would I would get free candy and resell it. Like that was just it. So yeah, uh, I was always you know in bit in the business mind. That's so I had both those kind of things. So. Um, after high school, it was like, hey, you want to go to college? And I wasn't necessarily the greatest student um, because I was very distracted. I had ADHD pretty bad. So uh, the military was the next option because they would take you. And <laughs> all you had to do was listen. So I uh, joined the military, uh, spent four years there, and then um, was supposed to go to college. But 9-11 happened while I was training and they ended up being deployed. Now, I got deployed in New York City, oh, wow. which is like – like all my friends went overseas, but it's a, it's kind of luck of the draw. So, um, I, so I had a top secret clearance and I would actually work a 12 hour shift guarding planes that were flying supplies. And so if you've ever been awake at night for a long period of time, it's crazy. So for me, it was like, I, all I could do is read cause I'd stay awake. So I really started, uh, studying business at that point in time in my life Yeah. and, um, you know, learning from books and stuff like that. And then, uh, eventually, uh, after it was over, I moved to California and um, been kind of involved, involved in businesses. And the businesses I in, I initially were in, well, I was either in jobs or sales or whatever, we didn't really have like a, a connected purpose. Um, they were just kind of like jobs, right? So you, yeah. you get a paycheck, you go home, that's it. And I just felt my heart like growing up a servant, right? Being a family servant-minded was just like, I want to do more. Yeah. And, um, and so um, through just a lot of different things, I started, got on the internet, a friend, I had been laid off and a friend said to me, Hey, my friend has a website. Uh, he wants someone to sell stuff. Now I've sold, you know, at that point in time, I was like, whatever I can do to make money, I would sell, you know, work to cell phone stores. I sold tons of things, right? That was just yeah. the skill set to like make money. And, uh, I was like, nah, I, everyone has a website, you know? And I, by that point in time, I had never actually even checked, like other than checking my email, like that was basically my proficiency in the internet. <laughs> And, um, you know, in like Craigslist or whatever, right? Like you just, you, you, it was so, um, and he was like, I said, everyone has a website. And so the next month he said, Hey, my friend's this website. He wants you to sell advertising. I'm like, everyone has a website, dude. I need a real job, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then they asked me again. So third month I went and looked at it and I'm like, ah, oh, there's something here. And it essentially was like an auto trader of sorts. Okay. So it was more of a, a way for me to get my feet wet. So like, uh, I was like, okay, I, I'm unemployed and I need to do something, right? So um, I uh, just like, you know, went after it. Just I was like, all right, let's figure it out. Like, um, and that's one thing I've learned in this in the pursuit of business is like, uh, information is your greatest asset. So um, just learning, and I'm a kinetic learner. You know, I, I have to be hands on. Yeah. So I remember made, I made the first call. I was like, hey, I'm going to call State Farm and sell them auto insurance leads or something, right? Yeah. I call and they just hung up on me. Just click. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and but the crazy thing is three years later, we sold that business for seven figures. Wow. And yeah, and it was like, whoa, you know, this is really cool. And during that period of time, I had become an expert because I just kept doing over and over and over and over. Yeah. Right? Yep. And so then uh, the next one was like, okay, what's next? And so I did some stuff online, same field. And then this is then all of a sudden I think everything came together, right? It's just divine intervention. Yeah. Uh, I uh, met my partner now, and he had been starting building these communities online. They happen to be in the pet world, they for dogs and cats, and we run a 
right now, for example, like the, we've expanded those. We run a hundred Facebook pages. Wow. Uh, we run 80 Facebook groups. We have, you know, we're 30 million uh, fans across social media. Wow. And, um, so we started building these. And so I was like, and so he was like, Hey, this is really cool because you know, and I'm like, there's a business here. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm like, but like, let's all, and he was like, that's, and then the community was like, Hey, we love what you're doing. We also love giving back. And I'm like, all right, like, let's work this out. So mm-hmm. we put this together and we said, okay, we're going to build products and services for the pet market. Uh, and then like toys or supplements or whatever, whatever they want, we're going to build for them. We're yeah. going to make sure they all give back in a really big way. And that the DNA of giving, uh, was actually some of the first discussions that we have when we have any product. How is this going to give back? Yeah. And and we've kind of integrated that. So um, now we're four years old. And so um, the cool thing is like we like we we've been able to roll out programs that are human focused. For example, like uh, we have we fund uh, veterans who have PTSD and help provide them mm-hmm. with service animals. Um, like there's a lot of really cool things there. But yeah. Um, I've been able to take kind of the, the, the business end of it and the purpose end of it and put them together. And I, and I feel like there's no greater place to live, no matter what it looks like, um, to have profits and purpose connected. Yeah. I think it's a very powerful force. Absolutely. Now, I okay, so you currently, it sounds like you have your, your hands in a lot of different hats or something or <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's the phrase <laughs> something like that um but and so but right now is your main focus iheartdogs.com and then yeah. you have kind of these other now I have to ask you said you guys have like 80 Facebook pages lots of groups 30 million people uh, yep. across the online community what kinds of Facebook pages and groups are uh, this is mainly for my own selfish curiosity yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. okay so great so like uh you know, we're all about serving a community, so we just roll out. So if you had a, so we tried to figure out like how can people connect the most, and we love connecting people. And so um, we have our main page is I Heard Dogs, it's like t- close to four million fans. Yeah. But like then we realized like yeah, you're a dog lover, but then actually you're that breed of dog lover, right? Mm. So it's the niche niche. And this is any business, by the way. I think there's this phrase like you find uh, riches in niches. It's it's true. It's like you serve people so much more when you're more closer, when you're closer to them. Right. For sure. And, and so like all the other pages are like, I love my pit bull or I love my, you know, German shepherd or whatever, whatever. Then there's a group for that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, all, and a lot of that happens. So, and um, dog people are like, they're hardcore dog people get yeah. hardcore, especially like when you get so in, down into certain real obscure breeds, like there are yes. people are hardcore. I'm just saying, and this is uh, coming from someone yeah. who owns two dogs. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I t- totally like that. That's the, there's passion. So like one of the things is, is I love is when you can build a business around uh, people's passions and you're able to, to like walk alongside them, those people, there's so much positive energy that comes from that. Uh, when we go Facebook live, for example, mm-hmm. and I, and I talk and I've been trying to do more and more video. Um, I'm not as good as you are, but I'm learning. <laughs> I learned from you too. It's fantastic presence is so such so, so underrated in some ways it's like it's a difficult thing you know mm-hmm. like I used to think like oh you go on video or you do a podcast right it's like there's so many pieces yeah um, so many pieces so like, yeah and so when I go live um I'm like hey and then literally it's like hundreds of people all over the world it's mind-boggling like like every continent hey I'm in South Africa hey it's like whoa so um it's it's one of those things where we build the pages, in, in, but this this idea of like when you have passion, 
and you can live in people's passion, um, there's so much positive energy that happens. There's just so many positive things that happen. Well, and I think you, there's another point that you said that I think was really interesting because you said from the beginning that growing up, um, a person of faith, growing up, you know, your pastor, your grand, grandfather, all that going back, or your dad was a pastor and going back generations, they were all pastors. Yeah. And you just had this servant yep. heart and that was instilled in you. Um, but then kind of after you got out of the military, like you were saying, it was, you were kind of just really focused on whatever you could do to make money. And then as yeah. you began to get into doing, you know, working with I Heart Dogs and, and really focusing on this, and I love what you said about the community began to speak up yep. and say, hey, we want to give back. And that is mm-hmm. so important because so many business owners are so focused on their own agendas, on their own mm-hmm. profit, on their own profit margins, on their own bottom yep. line, that they quit listening to the people that they were there to serve in the first place. Oh yeah, and, and I think um, that's this is so one powerful. of the biggest mistakes. Yeah, yep. And I think it's one of the biggest mistakes businesses make is um, they like they get comfortable mm-hmm. uh, and they think they know everything. And so um, for us, it's actually like so people say you know a lot of questions. So like I'll be like, well you you do stuff with dogs, not people, right? Like, and there's some people who were like, no dogs, <laughs> dogs over people. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, we give back to the communities in which we serve. Like that's, that's the kind of the model for us. And, um, and I think that like, if you do that well and you make good sound business decisions, um, it, it can work out on both ends of the table. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be profitable and you can also have do a, a ton in the world. And that's just the sweet spot, I think. Absolutely. And there are so many people that just forget that that is possible. And that was part of the reason I, I even started this podcast was to just begin to educate people and consumers and business owners and entrepreneurs and wantrepreneurs and all those types of people that like, it does yeah. not have to be – you don't have to sacrifice your family. You don't have to sacrifice your morals. You don't have to sacrifice yourself, oh, yeah. your life for the bottom line. You don't have to step on the little guy to get to where you want to be. You can run an extremely profitable business that takes care of yourself and your employees and your people, and you're able to pour into those immediately around you while also having a greater impact on others. And I love what you said, how like there's uh, yes, there are people who like they would absolutely prioritize dogs over people. Don't get me wrong. I love my dogs. I love them so much. They are the best. But like if I have to choose, (laughs) like I'm going to I'm going to choose my family and my people over my dogs. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't think people. I don't think people should abuse dogs. I own a uh, one of our dogs is a pit bull mix. I love my pity. Like, yeah. But at the end of the day, like, <laughs> they're not people. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, and, and, and 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 some people disagree with you. <laughs> oh, but, um, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but I think and think about the impact. It's not just like and you said so many things there that I was like want to talk about. But yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like we're also the think about this. So like building the pro, the there's the outward impact of like yeah. we're it's also the inward of the team. And we have 60 people. We have people on eight different continents. We have yeah. teams in that speak like I think we speak like 10 or 15 languages between all of us. Wow, that's awesome. And so like it's like that is so freaking cool to me 
yeah. right? Like just, yeah. and then being in the office, like, like we have a team there and like, we're able to, we, our goal is to give them the life that we wanted yeah. when we were employees. Yeah. Where it's like they work remote a few days a week. We give them a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like we try to give them as much opportunity as possible. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, a you know, safe place to fail, like things like that, like we wanted. So there's this all internal impact too. And, um, I think that, um, the, the, uh, every, I think that if you really, um, like the, the biggest impact it's like some businesses will go as far as to like, well, let's slap a donation on something, mm-hmm. you know, like let's, let's, let's like make ourselves feel good or make it's more for yep. marketing purposes. Yep. And I feel bad for them because, uh, they're really missing the point. Yes. If you do it genuinely and you really care about like what the impact you're making, um, everything changes like, and I, one thing I'll say too, you mentioned about like, um, people feel like they need to grind it out or work really hard or like mm-hmm. whatever pace you set in the beginning, you tend to end up running long term. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you go and you're like, I'm going to work 50 hour weeks and like, I'm going to, I'm going to ask my family to, to I'm going to borrow time from them to do, you know, all this stuff. And hopefully one day I cannot have to borrow time for them. Like that doesn't it rarely works out. Yeah. Like I would say build the business you want in the beginning. Like if you own a business where you work part time and that it's all your income, like how do you do that? Right. Like, and then you, you filter those opportunities. Like, okay, is this going to make me more, more or less? Is this provide more income, less income? Like you can, like we have a lot more control than we realize over, um, you know, what we do. Yeah. And we can, we can define that life. And then the third thing I would say, uh, hitting on your point is like, I, this, what I had to do to get to the point where I understood how to be a business person, an entrepreneur, uh, and purpose, like I needed to go through that gamut. You know, I needed to run through that, like those lessons. So, um, a lot of, the, like I said, a lot of businesses early on didn't have really a purpose. I think that's okay. Like you got to learn mm-hmm. and yeah. you got to, you got to acquire. So it's like, if you're, if you're in a place right now, and this is to your, your listeners or anyone, if you're in a place right now where you're like, ah, my business, I don't have purpose in my life in this area or whatever, like, think also, is this, a, am I, am I, t- am I learning a skill set that I will be eventually be able to apply in really big ways? Um, you know, and so, um, and a lot of times we, we go through seasons where we are learning and we need to learn. And then the next season we're able to actually leverage that yeah. and be the expert and then add more and more in there. Oh man, there's so many points there that were just amazing. Um, and one in particular just really resonated with me personally right now. Um, our, our church the church that my family and I go to, our pastor actually this past weekend started a sermon series on anxiety and it was literally called overwhelmed, um, over, you know, overcoming anxiety and talking about, you know, how do we, how do we really pursue Jesus and as a a part of overcoming our anxiety. But there was a, a quote that he shared, um, that was so, I was just like, yes, I'd never thought of it that way. And he was like, there's a difference between being busy and a difference between being hurried. And a lot of times we get so wrapped up in the, the glorification of being busy and hurried and all of these things. And we just, we, like you were saying, we work 50, 60, 70, 80 hours a week and we glorify this busy, hurried life And the quote that he said was, I believe it was by Dallas Willard, and it was something to the effect of, Jesus was often busy, but he was never hurried. Like, he always had a lot to do, but he was never in a hurry. And it was like, for the first time, it was like my brain went, 
oh, yeah. Like, Jesus had so much to do, but did he ever act like he was in a hurry? Did he give every single person that came to him and looked him in the eye the time of day? And did he, like, call him by name and he took time to be with them? Like, he's the son of God and he's got a lot to do, but yet he took time to be intentional with every single person that he met and he loved them right where they were. And like, it just, how do we live like that? Like, yes, we are going to be busy. We live in a culture and a society as we run our businesses and our families and all those things where we're, we're going to be busy, but how do we not be in a hurry so that we don't miss stuff? You know? Oh man. And yeah, even deeper, like think about all the miracles he performed. A lot of them were, at destinations they were along the way. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, yes, I mean, I just, so just before this call, I had called my life coach and this is one of the issues is that like, I think personally, and I, and I, and a lot of people probably fall in this camp too, is we, we, we get a lot of uh, self value or self worth out of being busy. Yeah. It makes us feel important. It mm-hmm. makes us feel like we are contributing. Um, it, but, um, the craziest thing is like, they see, I think this is the, and I may butcher this. It's like big doors swing on small hinges or something hmm. like that. It's like the reality is like, if you look at the things that are most important that you've done in personal business, it boils down to a few things, like the yeah. most important things. And so like part of my, and it's crazy you say that. Cause part of like what I, this next season I'm in is actually doing less, yeah. which is fundamentally hard for me because I've been the guy who would work harder if I had, like that was my, my MO for so long. It was like, like I may not say, you know, I never had to finish college. Um, so it was like in the world, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll outwork everybody. That's how I'm going to like, that's my, that's how I get ahead. That's how I make more money. That's how I, I feel more important, right? Like I'm at the top, I'm competitive, da, 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 da. But it's actually that busyness is, is will, it just eventually you, you can't sustain that right. mentally, physically, emotionally, just, you just get shut off. Exactly. And I think that's my that's where like, I feel like God has been the most uh, obvious to me. It's like, yeah. he'll put the, he'll push that button. Yeah. Like, he'll be like, nah. Boop. Yeah. No. Nope. Chill out. Yeah. You need to <laughs> and... rest. Yeah. Our pastor actually used a car as a metaphor, like an exact, like he, they brought a car on the stage oh, and, wow. um, and our pastor was talking about like how if you run that car and the RPMs are in the red continuously, what's that car going to do? Like, it's going to burn out. Like you cannot as a human being, like, what do you do? You you take the car, you you pull it over or you park it and you get the oil changed. You pop the hood, like you examine mm-hmm. it, you get it, you take it in for regular maintenance. But like we're doing all these things to protect our cars, yet we're doing the exact opposite for ourselves. We're running our RPMs in the red. We're not yep. taking time to meet with a life coach or a counselor. Um, yep. We're not taking the time to rest and we burn out. And it's just like you said, it is not sustainable. It's not, and we like to think it is. I think that there's a lot of other. We have to also check our really the reason our, our the reasons why we're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that I do a lot of it for to feel valuable, yeah. you know, or something like that. Like it's like, uh, and then I feel like pulling back. Like there's a when I think about pulling back, like oh yeah, do less, right? Mm-hmm. Like my mind, our minds know it's like yeah, of course we 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 hear this and we're like yeah, that makes a ton of sense. But there's actually a lot of emotional connections. Like there's subconscious things. There's a lot of wiring. When like to do that, it's mm-hmm. it's like okay, well, you know, I pull back. Well, what what does it make me feel? What does it feel? Do I feel you know less important? Do I feel like you know I'm not contributing as much? Like 
because a lot of that stuff is actually not true. You yeah. know? So I think there's a lot of, I think that's, it's, it's, it's critically important. And if you find yourself and I'm like that too, running really fast, I think that it's a bigger conversation you need to have with yourself. It's, yeah. oh, and, and a life coach for me has been the, I mean, I swear by that. Like it's yeah. perspective is powerful. So, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's become a badge. And I think that we also don't realize how much more we have to process on a daily basis than we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's the amount of information we have and the amount of stuff we have to do or can do or, or should do, or, you know, however we process that is extreme it right? really at this is. point in time in our life. It's, and, um, and, and also I think the second thing I'd say on that is like, you, we go through seasons in life where we have different types or in different states for frames of mind, like mentally, emotionally, emotional energy, um, things like that. And so the way we operate in one season may or may not work in another. And I think that we just have to release that too. Oh, absolutely. You might might have been able to to do all this stuff, but now you have kids, like, you know, we have two and it's like that same operating model is not going to work. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. (laughs) So yeah, it's, but yeah, the the busy the badge of busyness is is dangerous. It it's really very is. dangerous. Yeah, and I mean, I started seeing a counselor, a therapist, whatever you want to call her, uh, this year after walking through um, a lot of just personal tragedy this year, and it's the first time in thirty three years I've ever really seen a counselor. I saw a counselor like maybe twice when I was in middle school, and once after my mom died when I was in high school, and I was like, nah, this isn't for me, and that was a huge mistake. Um, and so here I am at thirty three, working, walking through like twenty years of pent up grief. It's fine. It's fine. But. I think the more that we can talk yeah. about those things and be like, hey, oh, yeah. it's okay to get help. Like, you're not a broken person or a bad person because you need to get a counselor. In fact, like, I think you're the opposite. Like, you are strong for saying, hey, you know what? I need somebody to help me work through this crap. No, that's okay. Yeah, you're speaking my language. I, I'll throw, <laughs> like, I literally, like, I'm a, like, I've, like I saw so much improvement with ADHD ha- counseling. I mean, early on, especially in my marriage in my yeah. life, and like that, like I got, I, I'm like, even though it was really uncomfortable, and I had to walk through that. Like I'll throw bodies at an issue. Like when I'm when I'm when I'm battling something, I'll have multiple people. Yeah. I'll, I'll just counsel her up. Like I don't even care because yeah. I'm at the point where it's like, yeah, you need help, mm-hmm. and it's okay because everyone needs help. Yep. And, um, and I think that that's the, I think that's the thing too, is, is to realize it's like getting help. I mean, you can only be better if you get help. Yeah. And so, um, and like, it's, I know that a lot of people with counseling, there's negative connotations. They're afraid of things being brought up, but like things can't heal unless, unless they're really set properly. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a lot of things going on in your subconscious and in the way you're feeling and the way you're wired that you don't even realize. Yeah. That's for me, that's been the, whoa pulling, pulling back. And you're like, Oh my gosh, all this stuff is happening. I mean, we're talking like in with the, my life coach, Amanda, now it's been a couple of years and we're still unpacking new things. I mean, like it is crazy how much is under, you know, how many things happen, how many wires get connected as we grow up or how we interpret things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's super, super valuable. Um, but counseling is, I can't say enough about it. And, and again, it, you can call it what you want to. Like yeah. it, but it, it's just getting perspective from a third party. That's their really their interest is in seeing you help yourself. Yes. And 
like that's a win-win. Yeah, they have no agenda. Like right. they're they're there as an unbiased yeah. person to be able to really speak into what you need to hear and not necessarily what you want to hear. <laughs> So exactly. that was that was something I had to really get used to this year was sometimes when my when my counselor would say something to me that was not what I wanted to hear, but what I knew I needed right. to hear. And that, you know, it's it's like when you're if you work out and go to the gym, like you have to break the muscles down in order to build them mm-hmm. back up. And so it's the it's same. Yeah. yeah, you have to get uncomfortable. I know you're loving this chat with Marshall, and I wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who is able to help make it possible, and that is Cultivate What Matters. This is something I talk about all the time, and that is pursuing our God-given dreams and goals. You want to be the person you were made to be, but your time, heart, and energy have been sucked dry by guilt, distractions, and not knowing where to go next. Enter the Power Sheets. I have personally been a Power Sheets user for over three years, and they have completely transformed how I set goals and grow both personally and professionally. This incredible one-year intentional goal planner from Cultivate What Matters is ready to help you uncover intentional goals and live them out. It's absolutely for anyone, love-at-home moms, students, CEOs, entrepreneurs, women in any season of life who need a grace-filled system that works. Thousands of women all over the world have made their goals happen with the Power Sheets, your day planner's best friend. The Power Sheets are a proven process that works and includes 12 full months of goal-setting worksheets to help you make your goals a reality. Are you ready to live on purpose? If you want to finally be the woman you were created to be, free of pressure and the need to be perfect, head to stillbeingmolly.com slash cultivate now to order your Power Sheets and explore the entire 2019 collection. Now, back to my conversation with Marshall. So I want to go back. There's a couple other things that you would mention that I really want to touch on. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you mentioned was so good about so often businesses, they think that slapping on some type of nonprofit donation is going to give them purpose. Um, And I I loved the way you're just like when they slap it on there at the end, because I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. I see that so often. Um, And when you are able to give back with purpose so you have Mm -hmm. intention in whether it's a give back model or a partnership model and I really love um what you what you guys are doing specifically at iHeartDogs not just in the um you know like I said at the beginning like I love dogs and so I I was like really excited to talk to somebody who is is using a, a business to not only give back to dogs because dogs are awesome. Um, but there's another piece of that, that I am mm-hmm. is a personal um, connection of mine. And that is using or connecting um, veterans with PTSD with service mm-hmm. animals. Um, mm-hmm. So my mom was a Vietnam veteran who suffered from PTSD ever since she got back from Vietnam until the day mm-hmm. she died. Um, and it was not something that even, I mean, she died in 2002, but from the time, you know, when she got back from Vietnam, nobody talked about PTSD. Mm-mm. Nobody talked about it. And it, it took mm-hmm. years, decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and one of the things that my mom talked about in her memoir was um, that when she got back from Vietnam and she was in therapy, she did not even tell her therapist she was in Vietnam. Like, that's mm. how repressed it was. And that's how... Mm ashamed she was and how bad her PTSD was. So weird. Isn't that yeah, crazy? It's like that's, that's actually, yeah, well, I mean, we hear that and it is, it's not crazy for them. And it's actually very common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's especially that generation because of yep. all the things, there's political issues. There was yep. like, 
there's a lot. And I think that, um, yeah, 100%. And it's one of those things where, um, so the, one of the big reasons I love animals or I love dogs is because they're so therapeutic for people. For sure. Um, whether it's therapeutic for people who have PTSD, which is one of our initiatives, or just like being at home, mm-hmm. they, they tend they tend to be, they just give so much positive energy and they're yeah. so happy to see you. And they, you know, like it's just, there's this, like they do something for us, our spirits as human beings mm-hmm. um, that's that just can't, some, that connect with people on a deeper level, like an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so obviously PTSD, it, there's a lot of factors. It, it gives them purpose. Uh, it gives it gives them the ability to actually function better, right? Like there's so many so many benefits to that. So, um, but like I think that now we're realizing the impact of war mm-hmm. uh, at a different level than we did before. And yeah. it wasn't it was it's not just winning or losing. It's actually there's you know there's a lot more um, like the blast radius is a lot bigger than we we realized because yeah. a lot of people just didn't want to talk about it. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, so, but I totally, yeah. And, and I think that, uh, for that one specifically, like the, um, that's where we really love that program because, um, it goes back. And so here's the other thing, going back to the other question in regards to like, just kind of, Hey, like when someone's doing it for Mar, like we we're like, we're really smart. We're pretty savvy, um, people in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, people, I mean by like, just if you operate in, in this, the, the century that we're in and you're involved in, you know, all the stuff we're involved in, like social media, Facebook, whatever, whatever, um, internet, like you, you know, when something is like, just kind of like done to do, you know, you know, when you're being sold. Um, and I think people, uh, marketers don't realize that like, uh, people understand that, yeah, we're going to, you know, 10% of this goes here. Like it's, it, it used to be a big deal. It's not anymore. In fact, people expect, uh, they expect it now. Like they expect if I'm going to engage with a brand, they're going to do something, mm-hmm. you know, good in the world. Um, and so, um, I think that that's where people like just slapping on. So one, so what we do actions speak louder than words, right? So one of our things is we actually tell the story of our impact as much as possible. So when we, when we're making donations to shelters or feeding shelter animals or whatever, we do video footage of the shelters. Uh, we, we tell the stories of dogs and adopted, we do live, we do live videos in the shelters. We show kind of like all the places they're going. Like we tell the story. So like, if you think about it, like a 360 degree loop when you're, when you're giving back, a lot of times it's like, people will just say, okay, here it is. Mm-hmm. And then you, you don't know, like you buy a bottle of water. It's like, okay, when 10% went somewhere. Yeah. Did it, did it not? I don't know. Like you're probably just buying it for the water. Yeah. But for us, we're closing the gap. We're like, oh no, here it is. And we send emails. In fact, you get an email every month from our site showing exactly what you did. That's so, so if you cool. bought a you bought a couple of dog toys, then you'll get an email every month to say, Hey, by the way, here's how many dog toys you donated to shelters. You, we make it a point of connecting what actually is happening and in, in the real impact to, uh, the, the front messaging, you know, like, Hey, this is what you're doing. And it just, it's unbelievable. What happens? It's like, Oh, wow. Cause it gives credibility. It's like, you really follow through with all that. And it's like, yeah, we did, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's a huge so- piece. Because mm-hmm. there are so many businesses that over the years have had this quote unquote give back or purposeful component, and then it comes out later that that was never actually happening, and that yeah, oh, yeah. that just like. And I think that like that happens a lot in the church too. Like, oh yeah, or, or people there's a perception there in the in certain types of of, of very visible churches, um, but um, yeah, no, and and I think that even more so, like we're just skeptical 
by nature. Like yeah. we're the fake news generation, right? Like we just are skeptical. Um, so when you see a business, you're like, okay, well, yeah, do they whatever? But then you see, wow, okay, wow, they're actually like, that's them doing it. That's them doing this. That's them doing this. Like it, people think we're a nonprofit. It's, it's like, they literally are like, oh, they were, we have people sending us checks to make donations to us. Mm. And we're not like, because we do the storytelling like a nonprofit should, right? Like, yeah. here's what we're doing here's And so it's, there's transparency and accountability. And what, what you get from that is ultimately trust. Yeah. Like, and when you have trust, uh, you can do anything. I mean, that is this powerful, powerful force, you know? And, um, and so I think that like, you basically like it's when it comes down to giving back, there's a lot of really cool ways you can. I'd encourage anyone to take it a step further. Like how can you give back and document that journey? Cause it's going to change you too. Yeah. So like when we go through seasons of business, they're harder. If we were just like disconnected to like cutting checks, you know, they, they would be the same season. But the fact that we're like, we're, we're involved in storytelling so much you go through it and you're like, ah, that maybe that, cha- that, that season was challenging, but look at what we did in the world and look how many people are changing. Look how many things happened and, and look how many people are ha- thankful and look how many people are happy and like, look how many people are changed. Lives are different. And you're like, you know, that wasn't that bad. Like it might be, it might be a challenging season business side, but it was exciting. That's even a challenging business cycle is a successful cycle in giving back. Yep. So, um, it, it gives you that motivation. Like when you need that extra, like to keep going, which everyone does at some point in time or multiple times like us, um, it's, it gives you uh, a way to say, it gives you a rally point to come back to. And you have people who are really excited, really positive about what you're doing. It makes a difference. Like you, it's being, you know, when you surround yourself, people are passionate and you're, and you're helping them do what they would love. Um, like they will keep you going. So there's a lot of, and we do it, and that's a byproduct. We don't do it just to get that feeling, right? Um, but if you're, as a business, if you, especially if you figure out what your what your audience is passionate about, really, like what makes them, what moves their heartstrings, like what makes them feel like, wow, I'm, I'm so pumped, and then go out there and do that and do it well and, and, and share those stories and connect people, amazing things can happen. Yes. Amen to all of that. Amen. Um, so... You know, what is on the horizon for iHeartDog? So you guys, obviously, you have this huge, this just this massive yeah. online community. Um, you Like we were talking about earlier, like, man, people love their dogs. Um, they committed. Yep. Uh, but really, you have this massive online community. And this was really birthed out of a combination of your heart for serving in addition to a, the community really speaking up mm-hmm. and saying we want to be a part of something bigger and so you have mm-hmm. all these different components so you have this uh, sort of give back component in which you're donating um, items to shelters and and taking care of dogs who are in shelters and and featuring mm-hmm. stories like that and which is just awesome because I am all about rescuing dogs because they are the best um, <laughs> And uh, which quick digression. Um, I loved what you said about, uh, you know, dogs just have this very therapeutic aspect. I mean, there's a, there's a whole reason that there's mm-hmm. an entire industry of therapy dogs. Um, my mm. dad's dog, who uh, sadly died a couple years ago from cancer, uh, but we got we got her right after my mom died. And my dad and I, you know, I was a senior in high school and we got Maggie uh, Super Bowl Sunday after my mom mm. died. So January of 2003. And she died, I guess, yeah, she died two years ago, three years, yeah, two years ago. 
And uh, but Maggie, man, Maggie was awesome. She was a we she was a rescue. She was a border collie lab mix. And mm-hmm. this dog was freaking smart. Like she was a genius. <laughs> and my dad, mm-hmm. um, my dad actually got her trained to be a canine good citizen. And so she was able mm-hmm. to go and do, um, you know, be do be a therapy dog. But in a lot of ways, she really in the end became a therapy dog for my dad because my dad, you know, lost the love of his life. And then he had a lot of stuff happen to him, um, Uh you know, just in those years. And like Maggie was like, that was his bet. Like when people say like a dog is no Uh Maggie was my dad's best friend. He Uh talked to her Uh like a human and she would respond. (laughs) Like, I was just like, how did she understand that? Like, I don't understand how nice. she just knew what you just said. Because <laughs> he'd be like, hey, Maggie, that, can that, you go over there and grab me this or whatever? Yeah. And she'd get up and she'd go get it. Yeah, no, and, it, and it's crazy because, like, the bond that we that people form with him, I feel like it has a lot to do with, especially, like, the space they take up in our lives. Uh, psychologists and, 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 and neuroscientists actually realize, I mean, in, in backing this in, it's like we grew for a pet like we grew for a human. Yeah. Like it's, it's the same process and it's the same feeling. It's the same work. And a lot, and some people don't understand that, and some do. Yeah. I think the more the the more challenging events we go through, the more loyalty we have to anyone, and I think that certainly happens with dogs. Like, yeah. the more they're there for us, they show up. Yeah. And um, I think that they're a powerful the example of like when someone just shows up in, in a non-judging way just to be there. Like they don't they don't solve our problems; they're just present. Yeah. And so, like, I think it's an interesting model for us as humans to like uh, in in that way, but. If they certainly have a therapeutic component. Yeah. And so like when we think about the homes they go into, they change those homes. Yeah. So you're adding another element. So, um, and, and then those people's lives are changed and that's really exciting for us too. You know, it's like yeah. you're adding an element to people's lives or helping them with an element that is, it's really important to them. It's, it's like, it's a family member. Yeah. And, um, so that we like to live there cause it like, if you're trusted to take care of a family member, then you're trusted. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I have two f- dear friends who uh, they have children, just beautiful j- children with special needs um, mm-hmm. and have both been uh, granted support animals in the last year or so. One of them, the dog is still in training because she, one of my, one of my friends, her daughter has epilepsy um, mm. and her, the, the dog, I th- want to say the training is going to take like almost two years. Um, oh, yeah, for, for that particular um, situation. And then I have another friend who um, just has a sweet little boy with um, a mitochondrial disorder. And mm, yep. um, their dog is just incredible. Like just the, the way that they have been able to train him. He's obviously he's still being trained as we go. But mm-hmm. just to see some of the things that she shares online that he's able to do. And the, I mean, he's able to like help her son take off his socks and like oh, wow. things like That's that. Crazy. Isn't that yes. so cool? It's very cool. It's really cool. And so, you know, I'm just like, man, God was so, so generous when he gave us dogs. So awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like, I just feel that's why I feel like people, I feel, that's why I feel like people, it's really connected to them because like they really do engage us uh, in, in a way that we're wired you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, we, we long for in, that we long for it in, in a world today where we're more connected, but less connected. Yeah. Um, I think that they have a real place because yeah. they're, they're present. And so, um, yeah. 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 100%. And then, and so how exactly does the program work where you guys are connecting dogs with, um, veterans who have PTSD? 
we're actually funding that. So, you know, okay. you, as you know, like there's two different types of uh, placements. So like yeah. some people there's full blown training, which takes two or three years. It's an extremely expensive process and there's no government program for it. Like there's either grants or they got to figure it out. And so a lot of guys don't get that. Yeah. The other one is actually placing companion animals. So it's like they'll, they'll, they'll fund the, the, the veteran to adopt a dog. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. It's like, they're not trained, but they're there. Yeah. They're present. Um, yeah. Some come with training, some there's light training. So it's like a, a spectrum of both. Um, and so, uh, what we actually do is we sell military themed apparel and gear. So we do like oh, paracord bracelets awesome. and stuff like that. And we use the funding from that to, to directly, uh, support fund veterans who are so funding fund training dogs that take a long time. The veterans who really need it, yeah. uh, as well as, um, covering costs or helping with food or anything like that. So a veteran can actually get a dog. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So it's all military themed uh, stuff. So it's like paracord bracelets and military themed shirts and you know, that like it's, it's stuff for people that, uh, want to support our military. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but I watched a, and I don't know if it was like a mini documentary or just like a, like a 60 minutes type thing. It wasn't 60 minutes, but about a program in Texas where they actually take rescue dogs into the prison Mm -hmm. system. And then the prisoners are trained to train the dogs that will then eventually become PTSD support oh, animals. Cool. It's the cool, like I cried nearly the entire episode because it <laughs> talked about how like right. through the process not only cuz a lot of the dogs that are being taken and put into this program are dogs that are strays or they were mm-hmm. about to be euthanized in a shelter that kind of thing so they've got mm-hmm. it's it's like a rehabilitation for the dog and then the they've found that the recidivism rates of the inmates that are working with these animals is lower than ever they're talking about how like anxiety and depression and like fights and things like that like mm-hmm. issues in the prison system are dropping because they're mm-hmm. like they're connecting to this animal as they mm-hmm. they feel like they have a purpose now in connecting to this animal. And then in the end, a veteran who suffers from PTSD is also benefited. So you have like all these different communities that are being mm-hmm. benefited through this program. I, I literally just sobbed the entire time I was watching this because yeah, I was like, no, I, I, love- can't, I can't handle this. This is t- too many feelings. <laughs> Uh, right, right, and it's it's that I love that. Like I think there's a lot of opportunity there, and in, in ways to incorporate dogs. Like another example of one we're working on is um, basically building out a place for women who are abused to uh, when they seek shelter. Um, I guess like there's this crazy statistic. It's like sixty or seventy percent don't get away because they don't want to leave their their pet at home. Ugh. You know, there's that 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 bond of like, hey, you've you've been here for me. I need to get out. If I leave you here, I'm not really sure what happened. I feel guilty. I feel bad, mm. like literally. And so we can actually outfit women's shelters with places to have pets. And so um, the the amount of pe- women who take up on that is drastically higher. It's amazing. Wow. And so like things like that where it's just like – so that like we're helping people through helping their pets. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think that's just the purpose. That's the that's – the, like it's fun living in that world for us. We really enjoy it. We get a lot of value out of it. Yeah. Um, and – but – in any way we can, any way we can connect the dots, where we can help people's lives and pets' lives too, together. That for us, that's that's a win-win. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's man. what we like to live. 
Oh, Marshall, that's so good. Gosh, I love it. I love it. Um, well, clearly I could talk to you all day. Uh, but now is the time of the show where we actually are going to transition a little bit to just ask some fun get-to-know-you questions. Okay. So this is also the portion of the show, as my listeners know, where my husband, my amazing husband, who's my executive producer, inserts a sound effect or movie clip, TV clip of some kind <laughs> to transition us to oh, the get-to-know-you round. I never know what it's going to be. Uh, every week, it's a, it's a surprise. <laughs> so it's usually it usually has somewhat of a relation to the conversation that we've had, but a lot of times it is completely random. So oh, you know, she is really giving him a thorough going over. Are all judges that thorough? I mean, yes, she looks yes. at the teeth. It's very important that all the attributes are examined: uh, teeth, eyes, Runs ears, Ouch. gums. Am I seeing right? Where's she putting her hands now? Well, she's just checking out the dog's uh, testicular area Ooh. to make sure <laughs> to make sure that uh, that everything is intact. Hate to go out on a date with Judge uh, Edie Franklin, have her judge me. That'd be no fun. The first question is: If you had to eat the same meal for dinner every night for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, I, I'd probably be sushi. <laughs> oh yes, sushi! Now it's Wednesday, and well, actually, we're recording this on a Wednesday, and this airs mm-hmm. on a Wednesday. Um, and Wednesday at the grocery store that my husband and I love—it's called Sprouts. Uh, Sprouts mm-hmm. right here. It's five dollars sushi day, and their sushi Ooh. is legit. Like it is not. You're like oh, grocery store sushi. No, it is good grocery store mm-hmm. sushi, and it's five dollars. All their sushi. So, oh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I love looking, that. I'm looking forward to five dollars sushi today. Um, yes. <laughs> all right. What was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? Um, uh, TV show actually probably Popeye. Popeye, I love uh, it. Yeah, like that was my favorite. <laughs> like that was it. So like I just love that one because um, you have a guy who is always uh, in tough situations and he he kind of summons an inner, you know, uh, through spinach he summons kind of an inner like. <laughs> gumption to like overcome i thought that was so cool i'm popeye the sailor man all right anyway sorry (laughs) that's fun no yeah my and i'm like my kids watch that it's just the best ever i love it that's awesome um what is a dream that you have yet to achieve oh uh just like i it's really traveling the world so like um and I don't want, I want to do it with my wife. She's just so much fun. She's just a great partner. And like, we're trying, I keep asking her, Hey, the kid's old enough to travel yet. You know, it's like we have an eight year old and a three year old just turned three. And so the three year old's still not there to like to do like real traveling. Yeah. So, uh, so eventually like, I just, you know, I love experiencing new things. So like I could travel, like I love traveling. Um, so, uh, that's one of the dreams is we'll, once the kids get old enough and then we're going to, have some fun, get out, see the world, experience new cultures, new people, things like that. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, and my last question is, what are you most grateful for today? Oh, man, uh, there's so much. Um, because I, when, I, when, when you ask me that question, there's a flood of things that I get. Yeah. I'm, 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 I think that just being able to, to, to be in a place where I can use my gifts and skills in a way that not only my family benefits – but also the world benefits um, is the the greatest. I think I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to be responsible for that. Mm. And because there's many time, seasons where, uh, like you know, you're like, what the heck's going on in my life? <laughs> you yeah. know, like where am I going? Yeah. 
And um, and then just like really looking back, like, wow, that was all pointing. It was all moving to this direction. And um, I wouldn't change anything for it. So and obviously, like a big part of that is being really grateful for my family and uh, our lives and just being able to just exist together and have fun together and grow up together and learn together and take the world on together. Um, and as an entrepreneur, I think that uh, and you know this, too, it's like uh, there's not as much of a, a, bla a black and white start and stop with work and family. Like my family is part of everything I do. So yeah. even even though my vocation may be over here, like they carry the burden of that. Right. They they are part of that. They benefit directly from that. So like that's so they're an instrumental part of me being able to do what I do, too. And so I'm grateful for that whole scenario picture of like their support and then also being able to make money, make, do, make a profit and have a purpose. Oh, man. Marshall, that is so good. This has just been so much fun. Um, you are just an incredible human being. <laughs> I love what you are doing with I Heart Dogs. I mean, just the amount that you guys have, the amount of impact that you have had on both animals and on people is incredible. And I mean, you guys have been named one of the fast, nation's fastest growing companies by Inc. 5000. So that's pretty freaking awesome yeah thank um, you yeah yeah, yeah and i so, appreciate you too i love it. you've done a wonderful job uh with this thank you thank and, you i yeah, appreciate that so, uh so yeah so i'm gonna have all of that information on marshall and iheartdogs.com which a lot of the listeners probably are <laughs> if you have dogs you may already be a part of their community so um i will have all the information in the show notes as usual but marshall this has been such a pleasure thank you so much same here thank you Marshall is absolutely incredible and what he has done to impact the lives of dogs and people is so amazing. His heart and passion are contagious. I hope you were inspired like I was. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Cultivate What Matters. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash cultivate to take the first step of getting your life back and cultivating what matters in 2019. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives from past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out, and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you are subscribed. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag Business with Purpose podcast or tag me at stillbeingmolly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>